that because we think that these prayers are really useful to help us to pray better. Paul's prayers were written to a group of Christians uh, like us, but more specifically, they were, li- they were written to groups of Christians who, again, like us, uh, were living after Jesus' resurrection. So that's why we think that they're really useful. And tonight that we're going to look at uh, one of Paul's prayers in Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. But before we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we confess that we can at times be very prayerless. And when we do pray, they can be uh, so dry. Father, we pray that as we consider this prayer tonight, that you would give us a a greater sense of reality as we pray and a, a greater sense of fruitfulness to our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. So... Turn to Philippians chapter 1, which is on page 1178 of the Red Pew Bibles, and we're going to read verses 9 to to 11. And as we do that, I want you to listen out for what Paul is praying for and why he is praying it. So let's read the passage together. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen. In 1967, the Beatles released a song called All You Need Is Love. And in the 1980s, the song Love Changes Everything became famous in one of Andrew Lloyd Webber's musicals. And in 1994, Wet 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 covered the song Love Is All Around. Now, I wonder what you think of these sentiments. All you need is love. Really? I think having a roof over my head is quite useful. Love is all around. Well, I think our news would tell us a different story. Love changes everything. Well, that's interesting. And I think that's exactly what we're going to see tonight, that the Apostle Paul is saying in this prayer. So let's look at what the Apostle Paul is praying in this this passage for the Philippians. He prays that their love would abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Now that seems a little bit odd, doesn't it? Love we would tend to associate with our heart, but knowledge and insight would tend to be things that we'd associate with our head. But here Paul doesn't pray that their love would abound more and more in compassion or affection. He specifically says knowledge and depth of insight. So what does he mean? Well, knowledge in this passage relates to a firm grasp of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And our knowledge of the gospel helps us to love people in the way that they need to be loved. And having depth of insight means that we really understand what's going on across a wide variety of situations. We don't just listen for the words people say. We try to listen to what they mean as, as, a, as, a, as an example of, of, of what depth of insight could be. Now, 
if, you, if it helps, you could picture it like this. Knowledge and depth of insight are like two great oars that propel love forward. But as we look at these verses, we see that love in itself isn't the end point. It's simply a means to spiritual growth. And the, the phrase there, so that, helps us realize uh, what Paul's reason for praying this prayer is. Let's have a look at these four reasons that Paul prays. The first one is that, so that they may be able to discern what is best. And this is a very precise phrase, isn't it? He doesn't say so that they're able to discern between right and wrong. No, it's, it's much more specific than that. It's much more subtle. It says what is best. In other translations, it says what is vital or what is excellent. When the Philippians have two valid possibilities in front of them, two routes to go down, Paul prays that they would be able to discern what is best as a result of their love abounding more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Now, we often lack discernment. We often make bad choices. But let this prayer be an encouragement to you. Paul is praying for discernment because only, true, only God can provide true discernment. It comes from his divine revelation. And for us today, that means getting to know him through his word with the help of the Holy Spirit. And as his, as his word begins to influence our thoughts and the way we feel, our responses to people and situations will be more marked by godly discernment. Later on, we'll be praying for the students. Maybe this could be one of our prayers for them. That as they face different choices about how they're going to spend their time, which church to go to, how they're going to reach that non-Christian friend, that they would be able to discern what is best as their love abounds more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Paul's second reason for praying this prayer is so that they may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. And this part of the prayer has a wonderful horizon in view, the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is praying that the Philippians will live a life of preparation for the Lord's return. And this verse is a sting in the tail for people who might have read verse 6 earlier on in the chapter, which talks about how Paul is sure that God will complete his work in them, and then thinking, oh, well, I can just live how I want. Yes, God will complete uh, the good work that he has started in the Philippians, but Paul wants the Philippians' love to abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that they live a life of purity and blamelessness. The word pure in this verse means sincere. Paul wants the Philippians to live in such a way that the truth about them is clear to other people. Paul also prays that they would be blameless. This could refer to them themselves um, not being, uh, you know, stumbling morally, or it could mean that they aren't a, a stumbling block to other people morally. But the point is that both is going to both things are going to happen if the Philippians' love abounds more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Let me state two very, very obvious things. There are more opportunities today for you and I to be full of blame than at any other point in history. The, tradi the traditional ways are still there, and modern ways have come along to make it even easier. Whether it's TV, computers, mobile phones, or even a poster 
at the bus stop, there are many ways that we can all slip up in this area. Obvious point number two, there is as much need to pray for purity and blamelessness now as there is at any point in human history. Much ink has been spilt about what the day of Christ will be like. Paul's concern here is what we will be like as we await for the day of Christ to come. If you're a Christian, you have a wonderful future awaiting you. Let's pray that we would live lives of purity and blamelessness in preparation for the day of Christ's return. The third reason why uh, Paul prays this prayer is so that they will be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Uh, What he means here is that they will be filled with godly qualities and actions such as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control as we see in Galatians 5. Now Paul knows that these things will only be fully realized uh, on the final day, but yet his prayer In his prayer, he makes mention of them uh, in connection with the Philippians' life here on earth. But Paul's prayer is not that it would just be evident in their lives, but that this fruit of righteousness uh, would be, be filled up with it. The prayer ends with a short doxology, which is a reminder to the Philippians and us that everything that has gone on before in this prayer is to give God the glory and the praise that he alone is due. It's clear to see why God would get the glory because this prayer would make us more like him. He is completely loving, full of knowledge and insight. He, is all, he always discerns what is best. He is pure, blameless, and righteous. Since it's clear that we cannot uh, uh, become these things on our own, he is the one who forms them in us, and so he is deserving of all the praise and the glory. I don't think there's anyone uh, in this room who is as loving as they could be. So we really need to be praying this prayer for ourselves and for each other. And as we've seen from these verses, there is a lot at stake. I'll give you a few moments just to look at verses 10 and 11 again. This love really would be, this love really would change everything. So let's spend some time praying for it just now.